What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Namaste podcast. So today on the podcast, I have the beautiful Lily Nagdi. She is an author and a family physician located in Vaughan in Toronto. Uh, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm very good. I'm actually Thanks. super excited to have you here. <laughs> you. So um, Lily is the author of On Loving. So this is actually her book right here for everybody that will be watching this on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, why don't you go ahead and first just tell everybody about your book? Of course, yeah. So um, first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. It's it's my honor. Aww. And it's so good to be able to connect to your listeners this way. Oh, thank you. Uh, it really means a lot to me. And um, of course, uh, my book, Unloving, of course, as you can see it, it's the um, my, my first novel. Okay. And uh, it's um, a work of fiction. So like any other story, it has a core and it has a shell to it. But I want to say this first because I know, uh, I guess when we look at fictions, we always think, okay, you know, this is a fiction. So you have certain expectations when you read a fiction. But many of the incidents in this book happen to real people that I know of. And uh, so Mm. that's why it's very dear to me. You know, it's very dear to my heart. And uh, um, so I tried my best to put whatever I experienced as a family physician, as a woman, of course, as, a, as an individual over the years into this book. And uh, whatever is written in this book comes from my heart. Oh, wow. So um, as I say, it's like my baby. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, you know, it's very dear to my heart. So um, this is the story of a woman, a modern, accomplished young woman in 1970s when she starts uh, searching hmm. for uh, self-awareness and self-knowledge, uh, which is, I think, in my opinion, the, the hardest thing to do. I don't mm-hmm. know what you think about these things, but I think the hardest task to achieve in life is to know yourself. Yes. And um, that's what one of the things that I really wanted to look into by writing this book. So the Dr. Rose Hemings was, uh, or is, our main uh, protagonist in this book and uh, the main character that we're following. And she, um, at the age of 74, Now she's, of course, a retired uh, vascular surgeon, so she decides to uh, write down her memoir, Hmm. the story of her love-driven life, the way she puts it. And then, uh, of course, she 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 was thinking about it for a few uh, for a few years to to probably uh, write something down. But uh, eventually, she decides to do that. And then, when she t- decides to do this, that that, that was the, the the main point for her. So she's reflecting back on her life, and uh, she starts uh, writing the, uh, the story from the age of when she was uh, 27, and she just graduated as a general surgeon. Uh, and uh, of course, um, her background is a little bit complicated because. Um, she was adopted at the age of two months uh, by an, an American couple, of course, from oh. Iran. Okay. And she didn't know much about, so, you know, the story, I don't want to give go away things, of course, you know, you're going to read it. I, I don't want to spoil things for you. But anyways, I, I just wanted to kind of draw attention to this point that she was, an, she is an adopted uh, individual and she she honestly didn't know much about her past so when um when she starts writing her memoir she takes us to that age of hers at the beginning of 70s 1972 when she was just graduated from the um, you know general surgery program and um, she met this guy in a bar and, um, you know, it's just out of the blue, and it, 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 there, there was this incidence of shooting, and, of course, uh, things kind of uh, get a little bit more complicated, and she falls mm-hmm. in love. 
for the first time in her life, but she didn't know what happened to her. And because she's a physician and she's, she has this questioning mind that she wants to know about everything, she tries to kind of search her soul and to find what happened to her. So the mm. steps of changes that we see, um, you know, love is, an, as you probably know, strong emotion. You know, it's one of the, the most strong and mysterious emotions that anybody can, I guess, um, experience. And she, she falls in love without knowing that. And mm. we follow her through the uh, years of, of course, her life. And what we see is how she um, manages to, uh, of course, uh, first of all, know herself better know her emotions better, get in touch with her emotions better. And through this, throughout her life, she, because of many changes that happened to her, um, she became a better person, more understanding, you know, as a physician, as a surgeon. And of course, uh, later on, she, she takes us on a trip to pre-revolutionary Iran, you know, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm uh, an Iranian Canadian, so my background mm -hmm. is from Iran. And so uh, during this journey of hers to um, uh, Iran, she uh, kind of uh, looks at different parts of culture, you know, history, and of course, literature of Iran mm -hmm. uh, from her, her own perspective. So um, it was one of the reasons I, I wrote this book this way, because, um, you know, as an Iranian, I really wanted people, for non-Iranian people, or even even for our children that are born in other countries, and they really don't have that much of exposure to the, uh, you know, culture and sure. you know Persian culture and all these things, to to have a little bit of uh, uh, more input. So that was uh, so you're you're getting to know more about all these aspects through the eyes of a girl that mm. was adopted from that country, but she didn't know anything much about it. Now, of course, her adopting parents, the Americans, they were very nice to her and they were very loving. And um, specifically, uh, the, her adopting father, mm -hmm. Dr. William Hemings, was a big fan of literature. And as you probably know, a Persian literature is a very, very uh, rich literature, one of the oldest uh, you mm -hmm. know, bodies of literature in the world. So uh, he was kind of um, bringing her up in a way that she, she get to know more about literature from other countries, West, Western countries, of course, Persian, Persian literature hmm. specifically. And so she had some knowledge, but she didn't even know much about it. And it, when she went to Iran, it was like opening a Pandora's box because she uh, ends up knowing that she's an heiress to a tribe. Uh, which is a Bakhtiari tribe, you know, we, we, you know, it's one of the very um, important tribes in Iran, and they, you know, the uh, her ancestors are from there, and she just she starts knowing those, um, you know, um, secrets about her past and those type of things. But um, the other thing I really wanted to do uh, while writing this book was to uh, use my experiences as a physician. You know, I, I have yeah. the key interest in women's health and also in uh, psychology. So I really wanted to share my experiences with my readers, you know, mm. things about depression, anxiety, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. you know, uh, things that people are dealing with, um, you know, complications that arise from these, um, you know, situations and disorders like, um, you know, suicide, drug addiction, you know, alcohol yeah. addiction. Unfortunately, there are lots of things contributed to these disorders. And I really wanted to share this with my uh, readers. And um, so I don't know how much of uh, my goal, I mean, it, it, it is a 
real goal, and that's what I was um, hoping to achieve. I don't know how much I, I, I could manage to achieve this goal, but I'm hoping that people can connect to it that way. And it's very interesting to, to, to see that um, I, I get lots of emails and, of course, uh, comments, and uh, it's amazing. I really want to thank people for, through your uh, podcast this way as well because they're so uh, loving. They're so, um, mm-hmm. I guess it's so rewarding to see people get uh, to, to know what you mean. That, you know, when, when you, as a writer, I guess you come your mm-hmm. ideas and what you think mm-hmm. to other people's minds and you know to other people's uh, I guess um, way of thinking but when they, they get back to you with these uh, comments and you know I, I had uh, emails from people that they say you know we started reading about uh, let's say uh, Hafez, Rumi you know Persian poets, per- Persian writers and now we, we're talking more to our con- counselors to our psychologists about you know things that we experience I think it's the oh. it's the, the most rewarding thing for me you know and wow. uh, I think uh, it's just amazing. That's that's very nice. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And so this is this is fiction, but did you? But you said there are real historical facts sure. about sure. Iran. And sure. yes, yeah, so did, did you have to do a lot of research for that? Sure. That's a, that's a good question. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, you brought up. See, the first the first thing I probably forgot to talk about was the why I chose this title, Unloving. Mm-hmm. So uh, unloving. Unloving. Yes, that's right. So unloving is the um, actually is one of the. Um, to me, uh, it has. Sp- I, I can't even say how how I feel about it. Um, I love to put it this way: this is dedicated, uh, and uh, this is to honor to, uh, one of our, uh, I guess, uh, late contemporary female p- Persian poets, Furuk Farrokhzad. She is my favorite, and uh, she was, uh, in her own way, a women's rights activist, and I respect her for that. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to dedicate something to her. And uh, this was the a token of appreci- appreciation from my, my part. And uh, yeah. so she has a very beautiful love poem called Unloving. And, uh, you know, it's included in the book. And, you know, th- the characters, when they go through their journeys of um, self, you know, um, awareness and self-scrutiny, mm-hmm. they get to, to, uh, to know this uh, concept of love to her poetry and to through her work and um, you know believe it or not she was one of the uh, women that she wasn't really known the best way uh, that, she, that she deserved because you know she was um, she was killed in a car accident at age 32 unfortunately mm-hmm. that was very unfortunate and uh, but by, th- by that time she accomplished lots and one mm-hmm. of the things that she was really putting the pressure on was uh, and tried to uh, you know convey to other uh, to her readers and of course the other people in community was uh, about how people how women feel how women uh, have desires how 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 as as a woman she could uh, relate to her emotions Mm -hmm. and she kind of she she wrote in a way that she opened the door and she opened the window Mm -hmm. to her soul so when you read her uh, poetry is as if you're reading her heart. It's just very, it's very, it gives wow. you a deep connection. I don't know if I can explain it this way, but many people know her as Sylvia Plath, uh, Iran Sylvia Plath, which is, you know, of course, Sylvia Plath is a very well-known American writer. Wait, they know her because of Sylvia Plath? Uh, no, they compare her to Sylvia Plath. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so they call her Iran's Sylvia Plath. So oh. that's that's usually it. So to me, both of these women are unique. They're very talented, and of course, uh, yes, the big course. names. But I think they have their own unique personalities, and um, I guess they both connect to you in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how how it came to be. 
is her poem like accessible right now? So could you read yeah, maybe the one that course. you're talking about? Do you know I where it is in the yes. book? I'm just going to flip through this. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Oh, that sounds really beautiful. So you know, weird. one of my main themes that I'm obsessed with talking about is yeah. the mystery, obviously, of love and, um, of course. and That's energy. <laughs> well, yeah. And um, uh, an upcoming uh, guest that I'm going to have on the show is John Gray, who wrote oh, Men Are From yes. Mars. Yes. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just, Lovely. I'm very interested in the psychology behind sure our needs our personal needs sure. and why we are why we do what we do and what causes certain arguments and how to resolve them and whatnot so this is very sure. in alignment with what course, i'm very interested in. just um you know of course have in mind that this is a translation sure yeah so you know um i always say when you read something in its original language it would be much much different but of uh, and poetry too right it'd be specifically poetry yeah and i tell you something i wasn't into poetry at all i'm really? telling you this but when i started reading her poetry because she talks from as if you she talks to you hmm. knowing you as as if she talks to you knowing your the way that you feel about love about um, you know and she in her own way uh, attested the discrimination hmm. that uh, you know at the time she felt uh, uh, you know against women or you know uh, about the um, her hopes and hmm. her dreams of one day women can have their own voices and all these things, which is which makes it beautiful. She passed wow. away, uh, I think it was 1967, um, 67, I, I hmm. believe. And um, that, that makes a huge, huge difference if she was born or she was working at this time, time and age. Because, you know, of course, Imagine. we're more open to, to these things, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to read it for you. It's a short poem. Of, uh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't take that much. So, uh, tonight from your eyes sky, stars rain on my poem. My fingers spark set ablaze the muteness of these blank pages. My fevered raving poem, shamed by its desires, hurls itself once again into fire, the flame's relentless craving. Yes, so love begins, and though the road's end is out of sight, I do not think of the end. It's the loving that I love. Why shun darkness? The night abounds with diamond drops. Later, Jasmine's intoxicating scent lingers on the spent body of night. Let me lose myself in you till no one can find my trace. Let your doughy sides fevered soul waft over the body of my songs. Wrapped in sleep silk, let me grow wings of light, fly through its open door beyond the world's fences and walls. Do you know what I want of life? That I can be with you, you, all of you. And if life repeated a thousand times, still you, you, and again, you. Concealed in me is a sea. How can I hide it? How could I describe the typhoon inside? I'm so filled with you. I want to run through meadows, bash my head against mountain rocks, give myself to ocean waves. I'm so filled with you. I want to crumble into myself like a speck of dust, to gently lay my head at your feet, cling fast to your weightless shadow. Yes, so love begins, and though the road's end is out of sight, I do not think of the end, for it's the loving I so love. So that's what she wrote. Wow, <laughs> even in the translation, it's absolutely beautiful. I hope you liked it. Yeah, oh, I just, loved it. I wish you, you could read it in Farsi, but you know, I guess it yes. gives you more of the depth and all these things. But yeah. Wow, yeah. that's gorgeous. Yeah. Man, so okay. 
Man, there's I have so many questions. <laughs> so I'm all yours. <laughs> so okay, so you said that you based a lot of the the book off of just different stories of people you sure. know, and um, from what you've said and from my research, you came here in 1996. So it and you became a family physician yourself. Sure. So are is is there a lot of the story that kind of relates to your own life and sure actually that's the question many people ask me yeah. actually they, they many many ask me if i'm the main character but dr rose hemis because i'm a physician so i should say no i'm not here but <laughs> but in many ways i uh, many many of her, her thoughts or you know her, her decision makings and her, her part of the story uh is related to me as well yeah so right. I, I just kind of uh, experienced that i believe in many things that she she believes in i believe so um yes uh, yeah, many parts of the story for instance the again i don't want to give you spoilers but the the accident that happens in the caspian sea in iran happened to me and my husband of course for instance and wow. uh so yeah the uh, women you um, you you read in this story there are different women from uh, iran of course the character is coming from iran and uh, from the states there um, i know them and, um, you know, we, we have part of the traditional marriage that, you know, we, we're going to talk about it in the, in the book. You know, the story is part of it. And uh, th- that's one, one of my friends who uh, went through all, all these uh, dilemmas of it. And, um, you know, it talks about women's, um, unfortunately, cases of abuse. And these mm-hmm. things are, you know, unfortunately, that, that not, un- not that uncommon, unfortunately, you can imagine. Um, you know, the I'm just thinking while talking to you what else I can um, refer to in regards of the examples in the book. But, um, you know, cases of suicide, cases of depression, yeah. PTSD, um, you know, um, the you know, you, you'll uh, read about the Vietnam War, of course, you know, it's uh, included there. And um, yeah, so it's uh, it, it has lots of twists and turns, so mm-hmm. you can imagine. <laughs> and as a family doctor, do you deal with that on a regular basis a lot, or sure, yeah, sure. You see, um, I, as I mentioned to you, my key interest is in women health, and of course uh, the um, the psychology, which, which I love, and I, I try to spend more time with my patient, getting to the bottom of how they feel, because I, I love that that oh, kind of thing, yeah. and because I think lots of things that we see uh, that they kind of um, present themselves as clinical you know um, disorders they have roots in our soul they have roots in our you know uh, yes being, you know I what believe I mean? this so much That's oh my right, gosh yeah. this is beautiful to hear a doctor saying that because mm. often there are a lot of doctors that are very logical and sure. you know left brain and they need to they like they just they aren't big believers in you know working sure. through the soul or religion or anything they're not spiritual at all it's so important you know I because people is. come from different backgrounds you see yeah. I, be, I always considered myself very lucky because you see uh, I studied medicine back home in Iran and I of course um, as you mentioned I came to Iran and uh, so I came to Canada with my family in 1996 and of course as an international medical graduate I needed to pass all these exams to get to the residency program and I passed those things and uh, you know I started working in a multicultural community which is beautiful I Mm -hmm. love Canada for that because um, I have patients from all over the world we Mm -hmm. do have a you know I always say small replica of the world in Canada and it's such beautiful beautiful experience for for a physician I'm 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 very happy for that and I've been blessed with good staff that I've been working with for many years Mm -hmm. they're part of my family essentially we we work as a team so we know patients they know us and uh, you know uh, my patient population they're beautiful they're so so understanding and Mm -hmm. as I say I'm blessed I think I this is this is my blessing that I have that I have people 
that, that's surrounding me with, with their lovely uh, attitudes and understandings. And um, it, it's, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. I think as a family physician, compared to the other uh, specialties, you have more time to know your patient mm-hmm. because you be, you, I think you become part of the family. I don't know how you feel about your own family physician, how, how your relationship is, but um, it, it's an honor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big reward for you to be to be able to um, have the trust of people and then for yeah. them to put their trust in you. And, um, you know, they talk about many things that uh, is related to, to their um, most secretive things that they, they need your opinion or they need your, your help for. And mm. it makes you feel so special. Yeah. I think, um, and, you know, I always, when I talk to other physicians, the, the new, phys- I guess, medical students who are thinking which you know, a program or which residency program to apply for, mm-hmm. I usually encourage them to go to family medicine because mm-hmm. I think uh, it's it gives you lots of time to know your patient and they get to the bottom of the issue yeah. because not everybody knows everything. Yeah, so, the, you know, medicine, of course, is a f- huge, huge field and there are sure. lots of things. And uh, But I think um, the way we practice here, which is patient-centered medicine, makes a huge sense mm-hmm. because you need to know the fears of your patient, the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, they worry. They hope for certain things, mm-hmm. you know, of course, essentially, many of these hopes may not be real. Many of these things may not uh, be achievable. Mm-hmm. But I always think we can find a way around it so we can find a common mutual ground, you know, to, to kind of decide for a treatment plan or something. And I think uh, it's very important, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way you look at it. And um, uh, that was one of the reasons I really uh, wanted to focus on emotions and the, the role of emotions in uh, people's lives because our emotions dictate how we behave how we live mm-hmm. you know and yes. many many in many cases i noticed that uh, if we don't address the, the emotional uh, i guess changes or the emotional problems that we have mm-hmm. they become disorders yes you know yes um, simple emotions like love you know let's say hope fear mm-hmm. jealousy the, if you don't address them correctly they mm-hmm. become uh, obviously they become disorders and you know sure. it's going to be harder to deal with you know well, I'm a big believer in your thoughts create your life. That's do true. Do you believe that? Yeah. Oh, of course. And do you see that pan out with your patients? Of course. Of yeah. course. You, do, you know, I, I would say I, I see it every day mm-hmm. because, see, you have a cancer patient that, uh, you know, I, I think many things um, that we in life we encounter, and believe me, lots of hardship. People go through lots of hardships, yeah. and you probably know, you, you, you deal with people, you talk to people, interview people, and all these things. Mm-hmm. People go through hardships, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the things, sometimes when I think, I said, my God, you know how, how is it possible that uh, somebody can have all these things you know um, a lo- one loss after another you know um, health problems this and that and their attitude towards their I guess whatever they're experiencing mm-hmm. towards that hardship makes a huge difference yes you know so yes. I always say you, you shouldn't give in to despair you shouldn't surrender to despair yeah because that doesn't work that way for sure yeah that doesn't work that way have you ever heard of the um the author Louise Hay not really yeah. no um she she actually owns Hay House Publishing I see. well I, she's passed away at this point oh, oh, uh, I, I think she passed Sorry. away maybe mm-hmm. last year but um she's a very famous author where she talks all about this about how mm-hmm. your thoughts create your life and Perfect. she has read about it yeah. yeah it's uh there's a book that she very famous book called 
actually it's called you can heal your life that's mm-hmm. literally what it's called <laughs> and she has a like a dictionary for from what she has seen from speaking to people throughout the years yeah. on how certain thoughts create ailments in people's yes. bodies yes. and then she kind yeah. of has like an affirmation replacement thing uh, phrase to change for you yeah. yes yeah. to sort of reprogram yeah. your mind yeah. um and i find it very interesting mm-hmm. and i used to work at chapters i'm yeah. a huge book nerd oh, well. <laughs> and um it'd be funny because i would have like I would have a bad headache or maybe my hips were hurting or something and I would kind of just just for fun go and flip through her book and sure enough it was exactly what I had been thinking that day or feeling that day it's very interesting very yeah I think you might be you might find that very interesting yeah definitely look for it yeah for sure that would be lovely you know it's it's very true uh, the way uh, in practice you know in clinical practice we see that and uh I think um, many ways people can find their own way around their ailment or you know, their, yes. their, 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 the disease that they're working with. Of course, as physicians, we need to be there. We need to help. We need to kind of prescribe that. But I sometimes uh, tell my husband at the end of the day, I said, I really wanted to prescribe a dose of love for this particular person. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't know how many, how many milligrams a day or whatever. But you, you see, because sometimes uh, you're full of anger. Sure. You're full of, uh, you're hurt. You're full of anger. And, yeah. uh, you know, there are lots of things happening in our community. Of course, uh, economy is changing. People get laid off. You know, they, they lose their job. They lose their, you know, um, the finances are probably they're not doing that well. It affects their relationship. It affects the, the way that they think about life. You know, suicidal thoughts. Mm. Um, of course, reactive depression, depressed mood, anxiety, you know, you, you name mm. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, there are lots of things that uh, that can happen uh, in a lifetime. And I guess. The, and that's why I, we were just talking about. I was just talking about self uh, knowledge and self awareness and self scrutiny. Yeah. Because if you know yourself, then you know how to act. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I, I worked with people in their sixties, in their seventies, even in their eighties that they don't even know themselves. Oh, I know. And that's one of the the hardest thing. Yeah, it, it, it kills your heart to see that because you know yeah. it's just. Uh, and then they have regrets. Yeah. They have regrets, and uh, you know, it's just uh, mm, as I say, it's the hardest uh, goal to achieve. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it takes a lifetime to know yourself. I think it takes a lot of alone time, to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, it's funny because I used to just talk about my experiences growing yeah. up and how I spent a lot of time alone as a child because yeah. I just didn't really relate to a lot of the kids, mm-hmm. and I would just I would read Harry Potter in like the washroom yeah. at recess or yeah. like you know I was a competitive dancer so I was always you know practicing. dancing I was always yeah. I always was practicing something and so I just didn't have time to hang out with kids after school and so um I you know I would always say that man like I I missed out because I wasn't you know going to parties in high school mm. I wasn't doing any of that because I was always alone or sure. practicing something but now I look back and I think all that time alone is actually what got me to a place where I am very self-aware and I am always, up, you know, trying to reflect when I'm not feeling so good. And I don't think that is natural. I don't think a lot of people do that. I think actually, though, mind you, in saying that, I think people are starting to wake up. I'm noticing a lot sure. of people now, you know, uh, the biggest trend is self-love sure. online, right? And everyone sure. is, I think people are now starting to wake up and and realize that realize mm-hmm. what is really important exactly. and that you need to self-reflect journal whatever it is mm-hmm. um to help you so um yeah i'm glad that that is a big theme in your book because it, it it's certainly it takes 
it's like anything. It takes a lot of effort, and That's it takes true. a lot of a long time. You know, time. research really showed that people uh, it's easier for people to get to know other people's uh, troubles or help them to kind of uh, solve that trouble because mm. they can see the way they they do the other people do, I guess uh, make mistakes or whatever. They can realize it easier than they realize what's happening to them. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, and that's, that's what research showed. Right. And it's very interesting because, uh, as I say, and you probably you definitely mentioned that, it's just very true. When you're with your, like, you're, you're thinking about your strengths and weaknesses and uh, why I reacted that way, why, why, why I thought this way. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, um, it's like putting yourself under the microscope in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, in a good way, not in a bad way, because you don't sure. want to criticize yourself all the time and then that can kill your self-esteem you know which is not healthy that's what I always tell my patients Uh, so and the other thing is you know as specifically as women I noticed that we forget about ourselves Mm-hmm. You know the role that we play in life. You know, as a, a I nurturer, guess a, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're you're a mother. You're a wife. You're a daughter. You're I guess a doctor, a physician. You're a lawyer. You're an actress. You're you're a um, secretary. Whatever you do, you forget about yourself. Yeah. And you know, I always say you put yourself at the end of your list, and uh, all of a sudden something happens, and say, "Wow, okay, where am I in my? Yeah. You know, I I cannot see myself somewhere." And uh, I don't know what's good for me, what's bad for me, what's what's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget about yourself. Yeah, and that's one of those things that I, s- uh, I mean, we see a lot. And as you know, as accomplished uh, women and men, and I, I work with both, um, you see lots of people that are still looking for something. They have their education, they have their, I guess, um, status in the community, they have their, mm. um, you know, um, I guess finances covered and everything, but they're still looking for something. They're yeah. not feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And the other scary thing for me, getting back to your question about being a physician and you know seeing these things, see, in ten years to come, I don't think I'm going to be that worried about uh, kind of treating cancer or treating diabetes and controlling that because I have more worries about depression. I will have more worries about the uh, complications arising from that. Mm-hmm. I would be more worried about anxiety mm-hmm. because, see, our newer generation, even my generation and, my, you know, the previous generation, nowadays we're relying on gadgets. You know, the gadgets are very important for us. See, you you, you want to say, I love you. You just text your, your friend or, you know, your partner or your boyfriend or your husband and say, I love you. Yeah. And then you, you send an emoji, you know, with a, you know, you know what I mean, yeah? So, but you... And then you have the, uh, of course, the the answer back that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, um, there you don't have that um, opportunity to see the facial expression, or yeah. you break somebody's heart. You say, "I'm upset with you. I'm mad at you, mm-hmm. or I, I want to break up with you, or something like that." But you don't see that connection. You don't you don't hear that voice that that voice of the you know dis- like the despair uh, or how you broke the, that's that pe- person's you know heart that way you don't yeah. really see those things and mm-hmm. that's scary yeah because you're getting more far from your yourself you know so your emotions are not really helping you there sure scary, you, know? you know to me it's very scary you know yeah i mean i find it um i i see what you're saying about yeah. that yeah. and why that would be scary because um even i mean i I had a computer pretty much my whole life. I'm 29, but my my dad's a computer nerd, sure. so like we just always had so something. So we need to use these gadgets, anyways. Yeah? Well, That's yes, but I I do agree. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so it, it scares me that I will go and hang out with 
a group of friends and then everyone's on their phone when they're hanging out. Like they're just, there's a sense of detachment yeah. and people aren't connecting as much yeah. anymore. And I find even That's like... scary. Yeah. You know, it's very scary. I mean, the yeah. technology dictates that, believe me. I mean, that's, uh, I'm using it all the time, you know. Right. And uh, even with my daughter, uh, she's 25 this year and we, um, she doesn't have time, I don't have time that much to kind of call each other all the time, you know, to talk on the phone. Yeah. So we text each other and that's yeah. easier for her. I understand that. Of course, she's, you know, younger person and all these things but at the end of the day I still want to hear her voice you know I want to hear her I want to yeah. you know what I mean that's, yeah that's a different type of connection that you make it I think it's the the other interpersonal skill that you develop and you need to work on you know sure. as yeah. human beings so that's important and the word love now we're talking about love here and uh, I definitely want to talk about it a little bit more see we're using it so falsely these these days I mm. love this I love that I, I I don't love that you know what I mean so the 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 pureness and the integrity of the word love is not there anymore. Oh, interesting. You know, you know what I mean? Mm. Because people, we, we use it so so routinely. Yeah. And we use it for everything, you know. So uh, true love, which is something that is worth, uh, I guess, searching for for a lifetime. You know, people uh, write about it, poets write about it, you know, great uh, I guess movies, romantic movies, Shakespeare, are made Shakespeare, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> so, but, but, what is that love? You know, the true love that it's there, and um, it makes uh, makes everything get going. You know, hmm. so there, those are scary things when you look, look into the emotions and how we we as people are getting it a bit detached from ourselves. You know, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's the way it is to me. Um, well, especially you know, when you can. You know, you can just go and meet someone from an app and just hook up and then that's it. Right. Which is very, very common nowadays. I've yeah. I think think whatever <laughs> <laughs> that I missed that boat because I was just always in relationships when it came out. And that's then true. afterwards, maybe for like you a second, that <laughs> I never I, yeah, I've never had to like even sure. think about it. But um, there is a sense of uh, detachment and, and, you know, I, I, I don't understand it. And it, it does make me feel um, concerned. I, but I'm hope like I have hope for you know, I think people are waking up and I'm like, they're sure. starting to realize. Well, I think also we are starting to also connect the fact that we're all on our phones and then now we'll have depression and anxiety. I think that's correlated, <laughs> you know, sure. like it, it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden everybody you meet has social anxiety now. Well, sure. it's because we're glued to our phones. We're not sure. socializing anymore. That's like it right. makes sense. That's if, right. It's like that phrase, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Sure. You know, if, that's if right. we aren't communicating, yeah. we are losing our right. ability to communicate. You know, it's very right what you're saying. And uh, I guess we're talking uh, now I'm referring more to physiology of love here, of course, uh, as mm. a physician. Now I have my physician hat on. Yes. <laughs> on. So, <laughs> Yeah, so you know, one of the um, neurotransmitters and one of the hormones that uh, it's um, that has been studied in regards of you know um, research on love, uh, it's known to be oxytocin. And oxytocin, right. as you probably know, is the, they call it the love hormone, or the cuddle hormone, and the bonding hormone, or bond hormone. That's what they call it. And um, believe it or not, one of the triggers for the secretion of uh, oxytocin is socializing. Hmm. So when you socialize with your, your friend and you're having a good time, uh, it sh research showed that we have more of oxytocin in our brain. Hmm. So it gives us more satisfaction and more of the uh, you know way that we we feel loved and uh, gratified. You know what I mean in that in that sense. And uh, or the other thing, you know, um, we talk about the way that love can affect our systems and 
specifically brain. They, they did lots of research on these things lately. And uh, um, very interestingly, they used, for instance, uh, the oxytocin spray for um, you know, treating the um, eating disorders. So it has an oxytocin spray. Yeah. What so they just, you know, there are other uh, ways of oh. uh, introducing the hormone to the system. So they, they, they did it in research. And it's very interesting. So when we talk about love hormone, the love hormone, of course, uh, oxytocin, that's, you know, it's interesting if you have a chance to go and read about it more, yeah. because it gives you a little bit of more input. And they prove that, let's say, if you if they use the same the same uh, oxytocin spray for dogs, they be they will be more friendlier to their uh, owner. They act wow. more friendlier, so that that gives you a little bit of more uh, kind of loving behavior, yeah. So that's how it is, and of course, um, when when the new mom starts breastfeeding, mm-hmm. uh, the infant, of course, the oxytocin would be increasing in the you know. Brain you would think it'd be decreasing from all that pain. <laughs> <laughs> I know, of course, but it helps to bond, you know. Yeah, but of course, so that's yes. nature helps uh, helps the mother to uh, to wow. bond with the uh, with the infant. So there are lots of interesting things behind all this. Uh, because you know love is by nature subjective yeah so you mm-hmm. can't really say okay this much of love that much of love it, it's sure. really hard to, to kind of measure but and you they, can love yeah. people for different yeah. reasons right and in different ways that's, that's i certainly feel like my current relationship is very different from any other relationship yeah. i've ever had yeah. right but so. remember something love changes you totally yeah oh, you know it's for part sure. of i i think i always think it's part of your personal growth as a person as a, as, as a woman or as a man doesn't matter really uh, you know either way it's uh it's one of the things that uh, when you experience it and not many people are lucky enough to experience true love mm-hmm. you know i always uh, refer to I'm a, I'm a quotation person you will read it in my book <laughs> I, I, I use lots of quotations because, i like that uh, sure because quotations to me the words that are coming from um, you know intellectuals or, or writers or people that they really philosophers from long time ago they worth a million Hmm. It's like the I always say it's like um, uh, you know the backbone of something you know they they have that much of uh, value, and those days they didn't have those these tape recorders or you know cameras to to kind of uh, record all their you know th- thoughts and everything uh, what, what they were just saying the, the only thing they had was they, they only had words, and these words now p- are passed to us, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to cherish that they shouldn't they shouldn't dissolve they shouldn't disappear in my opinion. So what I uh, usually refer to is what. Um, uh, Chekhov said about uh, you know sorry uh, what uh, the French author Balzac said about true love and he said true love is eternal, infinite, and always like itself. So there is this hmm. uniqueness to love. You know, it's different from any other uh, emotion that we can experience in our lifetime, and I believe in that. I, I think he he really put it in in a, in a beautiful way. You know. Hmm. And uh, so, um, yeah, that's that's how oh. I think I approach it. Yeah. Uh, and going back to what you were saying about oso- um, oxytocin, oxytocin, oxytocin yeah. that's yeah. it. Um, so have there been, I don't know if you know this, have there been any studies in regards to, say, so social media, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be social. Sure. Do, have they noticed us being able to develop that hormone sure. through socializing through that, or is it just human you to know, human interaction? Um, you know, I, I can't even remember the, what year they, they studied that. Uh, what you can definitely look it up. But y- you know, one of the things that um, um, there there are 
a few things that they increase the either the production of this hormone in the brain or the secretion of this hormone. Okay. And uh, for instance, vitamin D, vitamin C. If you want to look into more of the medical kind of uh, approach to, to this thing, let's say um, uh, chamomile, of course. For instance, caffeine. Uh, they they did a study on those. So they, they you know it can be uh, um, they can of course uh, be effective to in increase the mm. um, amount of oxytocin and of course its function. But one of the things, as I mentioned to you, was um, socializing, even interpersonal touching. So, you know, when you snuggle or cuddle or those things, so they can increase it. Uh, magnesium, of course, works on apparently on the receptors of uh, that, um, receptors of oxytocin. But one of the uh, interesting things that um, I, I came across was the fact that even watching a romantic movie or watching, um, you know, a, a movie about relationships mm -hmm. can help with that as well. Hmm. So it's very, very interesting. And um, they also studied uh, oxytocin uh, in, in uh, couples that they stayed together for a longer period of time, and they noticed the level of uh, oxytocin in their brain were higher. Which makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, of course, I'm referring back to my book because it uh, talked about love at the first sight. So for many people, it's, oh, my God, is it possible? Like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Darn, you know, it's I think like it depends that. on the person, though, because I've actually thought about this a lot. Sure. And I am someone that just generally connects with people sure. easily. That's yeah. kind of why I had. Yeah, thing. that's why I had the idea to start the podcast, because that's kind of where yeah. I, that's my forte. Yeah. So I believe in it based off of my own personality yeah. because I just connect with people easily yeah, yeah. but whether that's the same thing I don't know but it's very <laughs> interesting and again I referred uh, to that study uh, in this book as well and they did this very interesting study about um, love and uh, they proved that falling in love takes a fifth of a second huh and um, they did the neuroimaging of the brain and they noticed there are 12 centers in the brain that when you look at that, the loved one that, you know, of course, you're falling in love with, those 12 centers uh, in the brain, they're having uh, the, the increase of the cocktail, that it's, uh, it includes uh, oxytocin, dopamine. These are the hormones, of course, we're talking about oxytocin, dopamine, vasopressin, and adrenaline. Not serotonin? Um, okay, so serotonin is different. Different? Yeah, I know, different part of it. But gotcha. that's the study looked into these, and uh, it was very in interesting because the euphoria you get out of that encounter is very similar to the euphoria you get out of uh, using uh, low dose uh, of uh, cocaine, low amount, you know. Really? So it's just, it, it, hmm. it's very interesting, yeah, because hmm. that, that falling in love gives you that euphoria, it gives you that kind of feeling. Hmm. And um, it's proven by science. So, and uh, the, there are other interesting things that they kind of uh, looked into women and men, I believe. That so was going to be my next yeah, question. Sure, yes, it's interesting. Hmm. Because um, believe it or not, apparently men fall in love faster than women, quicker than women. Really? And yeah, huh. so it's, um, so, you know, falling in love at the first sight is more prevalent in men as opposed to women. Is That's that based off because the they are more drawn or to physical attraction is that more see i don't know much about that to be honest okay. um, uh, i don't think uh, maybe they looked into it in that study i can't remember if i read it but it's uh, but for me it was very interesting and even um uh, you know there's a, there's another study that said that um, you know refers to men uh, you know talking about you know say, saying i love you quicker than women hmm. which we always say oh okay it should be the other way around but uh, on the other hand, women say I love you more often than men. Yes. So that's, that's you know, they, they proved that. it with their research. Yeah, so that's, that's mm. interesting. Again, 
love is subjective is one of those things that you know um well women generally just need more reassurance Mm -hmm. than men right to feel more comfortable in a relationship sure that's yeah yeah, john gray talks all about that and that is part of one of our um, prime primal emotional needs is constant reassurance and that's so as i say it's very very interesting and yeah uh, it's i guess love is an extraordinary thing Mm -hmm. but it's very mysterious yeah so you know and the fact that it changes you and you were just we were just talking about your relationship you were saying it's different from the others and i think over time uh you you find out different values in uh what you're looking for uh, in your life you know and in your partner and in your in somebody you love you know and And i think it makes a difference and certainly like even what we were talking about when you're when you spend more time alone and you're more self-reflective then then you're able to to really hone in on what those qualities are exactly i did a a europe trip in 2015 by myself and i just went all around europe good for you and uh, i i was just talking about it the other day because if I hadn't done that trip, I was in a relationship at the time where I just wasn't happy. Like mm-hmm. I just wasn't satisfied. Yeah. I wasn't satisfied. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like, you know, nice person. It wasn't a bad relationship in any form. It just, like I just didn't really feel taken care of or fulfilled yeah. or res- kind of respected. Yeah. I felt disrespected a lot. And um, had I not taken that trip and, you know, taken know time that. to really listen to myself, I wouldn't have realized that. And now I would say it's like the, it's like a complete, the complete opposite. I've never been with someone that respects me so much. And that is just, just really cares about my yeah, needs so happy always. For you. It means a lot. And yeah. I think it's just, it, 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 it is giving you that, um, I think, um, um, and that's what I see in my practice. Again, getting back to my, my um, I guess, experiences as a family physician. So when I'm in a room with uh, two people, a couple that they really love each other, mm-hmm. I, I feel that energy. I feel that, uh, how can I say, positive vibe that comes, you know, the, the, it, it, the vibe comes to really um, to, 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 feel, to feel all everywhere in the room I guess the, the <laughs> whole the whole environment and uh, it's because they care about each other yeah. they finish their own their sentence each other's sentences mm-hmm. they kind of uh, they care about the other person's health mm-hmm. you know even um, before the other person says something um, the, the the partner says okay so she's going to be fine he's going to be fine yeah. what can I do to help and this is you see the way it goes these days and we are always in a rush to do something and you know we don't have time to kind of even think about what happened few minutes ago or a few hours ago you know this is important I Mm -hmm. think when you and this is contagious so I think the love that they share it's contagious you can feel it it gives you a good vibe it gives it gives you a I guess uh, a different type of feeling yeah it's it's contagious love is contagious and I think um mm, the the more you see people and partners and couples and uh even friends you -hmm. you see that and the love that you see um from of course uh, the the newborn infant in 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 the mom's arms and Mm -hmm. the way the mom look at the infant and then Mm -hmm. look at the baby it's just um it's beautiful yeah it's one of those things that I think um uh, by nature we need to be more, uh, I guess, thankful for, you know, yeah, and value sure. that, you know. Yeah, and something I have learned recently that I think one of the keys to, like, you know, to that kind of love is to 
take the eye out of the situation and you kind of become a we in every decision that you make sure. you're considering them and actually he taught sure. me that I wasn't sure. was quite selfish before sure. and many of our you know many of us we, we are like that yeah well that's kind of what is taught in society right like yeah. be an independent woman yeah. and like yeah. you know and like just like all these ideas of yeah. of you have to always be thinking of yourself yeah. when really actually it's the opposite I think the key to a really good relationship is to always be thinking about the other person sure. like you are a we now you're not just a sure. me anymore you know what I what I put it and I always um, talk about it and I even wrote it in the book is that you know our partner or our lover or our husband or our wife or whatever um, you know the, the the definition we get for ourselves nobody defines us mm-hmm. you see the we I mean let's say you're you're an actress I'm a physician somebody you know, whoever, we have our roles in our communities but none of these roles they define us Sure. As, a, as, a, as a human being, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I can, I always say this is, and you're right, you know, it's just when you're in a relationship, and that's what, you know, uh, it's very inter- interesting what you're saying, because again, we, we go back to psychology of love, because, uh, for instance, Sigmund Freud, uh, you, you probably know he, yeah. he was the neurologist and, of course, father of psychoanalysis. Uh, he, he had strange, I guess, uh, <laughs> theories too, I should say that, but it's very interesting. He has this, um, uh, you know, idea of what we call uh, internal and what mm. he says he says we become the loved our loved one becomes part of us mm-hmm. and what what happens is we incorporate aspects uh, of the one that we love in our, our psyche so mm. the uh, the needs characteristics beliefs you know feelings everything so it's true. part of our psyche and we internalize those things you know and, and and that's the way we love it so if somebody says for instance you know she's my soulmate or he's my soulmate they're mm-hmm. really referring to the process he was talking about you right. know and that's wow. a very, very interesting what Freud said so you know all of these things uh, they have uh, I guess uh, roots and realities uh, yeah. into them of course in one way wow Okay, this has been so fun so far. Okay, I just have a, a couple more questions that I would love sure. to pull a card for you. Oh, of so I am, I mean, I think you've kind of already answered this and just based off of what you've talked about, it, I could probably conclude that you, you know, that how your outlook on life has contributed towards your success that, and you, you certainly believe that as well. So, um, yeah, could you just talk about how maybe your mindset and how you view life has maybe helped you along your journey to be a little bit more successful in the, you know, sure. in the way that you have uh, You know, um, I guess, as I say, I, I consider myself to be very lucky mm-hmm. because I've always been surrounded with people that were very giving, yeah, positive people and, um, you know, supportive people. And that makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, your environment is important. Uh, but you're, I guess, being true to yourself, that's the most important thing. You need, if mm-hmm. you know your strengths and your weaknesses, it will help you. And I think it took me a while to get there. Even believe it or not, when I wrote this book, it, it was just, it was an amazing journey with me, uh, for me because I just came to know a part of me that I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just um, a part of me which wasn't uh, Lily Nagdi, the physician, Lily Nagdi, the mother, Lily Nagdi, the wife, you know, mm-hmm. the daughter. It was Lily Nagdi, not necessarily the author, the storyteller. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we, we uh, exploring the ways that 
things could satisfy me or give me satisfaction, uh, help me really in this way. You know, and uh, the other thing is looking into other people's experiences in life. Again, um, I always say as physicians, we learn from our patients. Right. It's, it's very important because there is always something that you can learn from your patient as a physician. Oh, yeah. And this, is, this, this works a million. Wow. You, can't, you can't find it in any book. You can't uh, be lectured on that. Nothing like that. So I think all these, uh, you know, lucky incidents uh, helped me to to be here, and uh, I'm very uh, I'm very grateful for that. Wow, that's beautiful. Will you be my physician? <laughs> you know, I just I, I love I love um, I love your mind. I love how you see life, Thank and you. I think that that's is really nice beautiful. Um, that is actually something I try to live by. That uh, wherever I am, whoever is placed in front of me, whoever I'm having a conversation with, sure. um, there's something to be learn from them I think everyone has something you can learn from and you know your job is very important now of course you're giving me this opportunity to say that uh, people like you that uh, you know unfortunately I think we we need to thank you more to um to con- to to i guess uh, t- to tell you this more and more because people like you that they have uh, this ability to connect to others through mm-hmm. the podcast through the of course um you know movies through to plays whatever you're doing in life mm-hmm. um to connect to other people you do have that uh, talent and you do have that uh, mean you know those means i guess i should say uh, to connect to people in a deeper way mm-hmm. and pass this message of love pass this message of self uh, knowledge and these are very important. We need to encourage that, especially in young people. Yes. You know, it's it's the way to go. Because, and, and I really appreciate that, what you do. I mean, I didn't know much about your, of course, uh, activities, uh, uh, of course, on your podcast and all these things. But now that I know better, it really helps me to um, even encourage people to, to be connected. Yeah. Because when you talk about deeper, different aspects of uh, life and different things in life that help you, as a person, you need to go for it. Yeah. You know, you need to listen to that. You need to, you're driving, you just play it. You just listen to what you're recorded, yeah? So that will, even one word, mm-hmm. I think even as a physician or even as a writer, one word of this book that mm-hmm. can help somebody change her or his atti- attitude to, towards his, his life or her life or her, her health or, you know, anything in life. For me, it's it. I, I did, I have my, my reward. I yeah. think for you, the same thing. Yeah. Same Even thing, one, yeah. one listener mm-hmm. makes a huge difference and good sure. for you. Oh, good thank for you. you. You as well. No, no, thank you. Amazing. All right. So this is a little fun thing that sure, I do every podcast. <laughs> so there. <laughs> I'm a big believer in cards. I just love working with them. I just think they're really fun. I mean, this is kind of this like an element of something that you can do to start playing with um, getting more in touch with your higher mind and your your own self. Truly, I think once you get to a point where you can tune in, whether it's meditation or whatnot, or if you can just do it naturally on the spot, then you don't need these. Yeah. Cards are really just designed to help people realize what, like what they already know essentially so just for fun sure this is a a specific deck called wisdom of the hidden realms it's by a canadian psychic her name's colette baron reed okay she is actually really cool she has such a fun personality and i saw her live and she was she's also a medium and she was giving people readings and um really remarkable and um, really fun so just for fun. So the what I say is any thoughts, feelings, ideas, sensations that you get as I'm pulling a card for you um, is relevant to what you need to know. 
Okay, so just taking a couple of breaths and, you know, tuning in. And, of course, also the, on the card that I pick, so say there's a picture that resonates with you, maybe whatever thought, feeling, idea, sensation that you got while looking at the picture could be relevant too. Um, and, yeah, so we can go two ways. Either you can have a, a specific question that you want to ask or we can just say, I want general knowledge for the day. What would you like to know? I would go for the general knowledge for the day. Usually people go for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to know, of course. Okay, yeah. so. That's fun. What does Lily need to know? Oh, okay, so there's always one that, there's you, not always, but sometimes one that flies out, that's relevant. So okay. I'll pick one specifically, but that one also flew out. Right. So that's, that's something true. for you. Mm, I'm going to go with, mm, I'm going with this one. <laughs> sure, this one feels like Okay, so this one flew out. Ooh, this is the Eagle King. Okay. It's a beautiful sure. picture. And then this one that flew out is the Metal King. So it represents discipline. So number 37 and, ba- and boundaries, actually. Okay. So boundaries. Okay, so I'm going to read this one first because I, I chose that one for you, and sure. then we'll read the it's one so that cool. flew out. Just it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah you can take a look at them if you want. The pictures are really pictures. cool. Beautiful pictures. I know. They did I a great know. job then. I know. The artwork in this specific deck is awesome. That's why I always work with it because I just really love it. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast at some point. That would be lovely. Right? Okay. So so this one, it flew up um, upside down. So it is a challenger card. So just something to keep in mind. Sure. So it says, be mindful of codependency and enmeshment with the metal king. When the metal king comes as your challenger, he's inviting you to address how overwhelmed you may be around other people. Do you pick up their feelings like a sponge? Do you feel you need to heal them so that you feel better? Well, you are a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It says, isn't it funny? Yeah. Get grounded. Be clear about your own personal boundaries and restrain yourself when you feel like jumping in to help without being asked this is also a warning against forming unhealthy relationships in 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 any area of your life that is very interesting this is what i why i love these cards because they're usually like bang on to that person specifically like um a couple podcasts ago i pulled a card for one of the ladies and it was the pregnancy card and usually the pregnancy card means big change happening in their life so i usually think that that's what it means sure enough she had just found out that morning that she was pregnant oh my goodness isn't that crazy i was like okay cool (laughs) yeah spot on right on the mark and what was the other one that's the eagle king the eagle king that was number 12 okay so the eagle king the eagle king is a sign that your highest destiny is is within reach you're on the right path now even if you can't see where you're going the eagle king soars high above the mountains in valleys of life and is able to see the big picture when you seem to be lost in a bit of fog he makes a formidable formidable ally as he takes your prayers up toward the sun and releases them to the divine they will be answered for the highest good of all it's for it's a fortunate omen when the eagle king decides to be your ally that's very nice huh? beautiful very right beautiful. yeah these are very positive cards i love sure. um in even like the chat it's technically called a challenger but yeah. it's it's not written in a scary way to course, you know but the artwork is really nice I oh it's beautiful the pictures here yeah 
Thank you. That was awesome. fun. Awesome. Yes. Well, honestly, I cannot wait to read your book. Oh, this will be you. so awesome. And for everyone listening, we are going to be doing a little bit of a giveaway. So um, she, you have an, uh, a PDF version or an, sure, or an ebook version, version, the digital course. version That's of this right. book. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll figure out the details for all that. And maybe I will, uh, uh, at the ending of this, of course, yeah, course, I will follow definitely. up on all that. Sure. Um, so yeah, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It was great. And I hope you had a great time. Of course I did. You did? Okay. Awesome. And actually I forgot one thing. Um, I, I got Lily to write down her goal before we started. And she said that one of her goals right now is to see as many places in the world as I can. So that is beautiful. We're actually going to put this in the goals and dreams box right now. And, uh, yeah, we're going to wish you all the best with that and I hope you're able to see as many places as you want in your (laughs) lifetime (laughs) thank you thank you all right all right well thank you so much for listening guys sending you so much love light and motivation to go slay at your goals and don't forget the motto that the grass is always greenest where you are right now so try to be grounded and grateful for everything that you have right now thank you so much for listening ah thank you so much namaste For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, visit patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Melissa Malati.